This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to Tech in the Right Direction. This is your source for the latest technology trends shaping the world, along with tips and strategies for maximizing your career in tech. We also bring you interviews with the leading women in the tech industry, talk to youth who are rapidly building their tech knowledge, and review business solutions that will give you insights on how technology is solving business problems. Now, here's your host, Jennifer Didier. Welcome, and thank you for joining me on Tech in the Right Direction. I'm your host, Jennifer Didier, President and CEO of Directions Training. Each week, we talk with industry experts about technology trends that are emerging and changing businesses today, the career journey of IT professionals, understanding the world of women in tech, as well as talking to our youth that are rapidly building their technology skill sets. We also review case studies that provide insight into how technology is solving business and world problems. I'm excited about our guest today, so let's get moving in the right direction. This week in our Tech Trends segment, I will be talking with Jim McLennan. Jim is a Senior Vice President and Chief Information Officer at IDEX Corporation, an applied solutions business that sells highly engineered products to customers in a variety of markets worldwide. McLennan has responsibility for corporate IT service offerings for the IDEX portfolio of business units and drives innovative thinking through strategic initiatives that leverages information and technology as growth drivers for the industrial manufacturing space. McLennan has over 25 years of experience in a variety of business models and markets, translating strategic drivers into tactical plans and tangible results. His career spans multiple industries, including real estate, property management, building construction, maintenance services, pharmaceuticals, consumer durables, industrial manufacturing, and consumer packaged goods. McLennan started his career as a software development consulting firm, which gives him a unique insight to vendor relationships and a role of information and technology in creating value. McLennan has a Bachelor of Science degree in Electrical Engineering from the University of Notre Dame and an MBA in Marketing from DePaul University. He regularly publishes his observations and insights on the intersection of business and technology. Welcome to the show, Jim. I'm so excited to have you on today. Well, thanks very much, Jennifer. I'm really glad to be here. Great. Well, let's get started. Can you share with us a little bit about you and your path in technology? I think it's an interesting path. I started off um, in my professional career. <clears throat> I started off as a uh, uh, in a very small company. You would call it a startup these days. It was a, a it was an IT products company. We we, we sold software. And uh, I always thought that gave me a really different grounding than someone than someone who came up in the corporate world. Uh, but uh, after about eight years of that, I flipped into corporate, uh, more classic corporate stuff. And that's been the majority of my uh, career, except for the last, I'd say, seven years, where this current job 
I've been able to really sort of morph the definition or what I'm able to do as a CIO, a chief information officer. So I started off in a non-traditional way, kind of went traditional for a while, and I find myself now back into a, a non-traditional role. That's great. Wow, that's that's a nice start to your career where uh, I think you got in the trenches and you really learned about technology, which is great. Well, um, I, I think really it was about, I mean, when you're a product company, you learn that it's all about you know the end user of the system, who, who's going to try to get value out of what you're doing. And you mm-hmm. back in the day, we were trying to sell our stuff. And, and uh, I don't know that classic corporate trained folks understand that idea of selling their ideas and selling um, change. Um, and it's, it's marketing as much as selling. There's a lot of education involved, but it's, it's a skill set that most don't have. Yeah, and they look at it from, you look at it from the eyes of the user, right? Like you said. So you're really getting a feel of what that experience is going to be like and describing that, you know, maybe in marketing, but still getting the end user to feel this is what I'm going to get. Right. That's great. So, um, you know, you've been in technology a long time. What are some of the trends that you're seeing today? I think today the biggest trend I see that just fascinates me is the generational shift. Um, a, a whole different uh, class of um, people that are have a different level of experience with digital technology are coming now into the workforce and uh, have been uh, coming for a while. People talk about this a lot. Um, Their expectations of what uh, technology or digital can do for them is um, completely different than their predecessors. And really, it it hits the legacy folks. The the legacy folks that are um, my age uh, and and, and running companies or, or running processes inside of companies are, are not ready for the rigor that, that those digital expectations uh, um, demand. That is fascinating. So tell me more about that. What are you seeing them do differently than the legacy um, you know, users? Well, for one thing, they absolutely want to speak in data, and they're very much more comfortable with having a not face-to-face uh, conversation. They want to come to a transaction or a connection with a business uh, uh, um, pretty much armed to the teeth with all the information that they could possibly get so they can have a, a close the deal or, or, or make a final decision type of conversation uh, as opposed to coming in um, um coming in with, with, with just, hey, I want to have a conversation. No, mm-hmm. they want to be able to go to a website and educate themselves and understand availability and understand basic features. Now, the products that we sell, for example, I'm an industrial manufacturer. They're highly complex products, and you can't buy the stuff without a conversation, but mm-hmm. you sure can come to the table really much more highly uh, educated, and that's the expectation. What that requires, therefore, is you know, the company to gather up this engineering knowledge, gather the data, past performance, um, different applications, and and put it out there in a way that it's self-service. I can go through this and learn about your products without having anybody explain it to me. That's a massively different skill set that most people have. Two big parts, a lot of rigor in the data and completeness in the information about your product, and then the design and communication skills to be able to communicate that complexity in a way that 
people can understand without being in the same room with you. Yeah. I read a stat I read a stat just recently that said today seventy percent of buying decisions buying decisions are made prior to somebody ever talking to another person. Yeah, so, and usually those well uh, until recently people would blow that off by saying, well, you're always talking about consumer products. Mm-hmm. But um, the stuff that we're seeing and the work we're doing is the, those expectations are coming into the B2B world uh, as well. And it's, uh, it's really throwing B2B companies uh, for a loop, especially the, the small to medium-sized ones. Mm-hmm. Telling the story on your website uh, in complete form, like you said, so that they can gather all that information prior to ever picking up the phone is so critical to the success of smaller, medium-sized companies. That That is amazing. It's a big shift. Well, yeah, it's a big shift, and, and, and you hear about the, oh, you know, we don't have the skills to do this stuff or the big skills gap. A lot of it is not just robotics and artificial intelligence. It's uh, a higher level design and communication skills as well. Mm, very neat. So can you share with me some of the solutions that you've seen either in your organization, that's something that your team has developed or outside in business um, that has really made a difference in solving business problems? We see so many different areas that technology makes a difference. I'd love to kind of dive into maybe an example. Well, actually, I I think about this area as more not what we did, but how we did it. Uh, mm. You know, over the years, there have been many different um, issues that have popped up. That you know, having the ability to to build a report or build a database uh, really helps solve the problem. So, so I'm actually more interested in talking about <clears throat> with the folks in my businesses. Um, how they're going to do something, not necessarily mm-hmm. what they're going to do. And mm-hmm. what I mean by that is uh, instead of going out and buying technology and just implementing it, um, I, I like the ability, I, I like the conversation that says, let's try to build something. And mm-hmm. it does a couple of different things. One, it helps you keep it simple because a lot of people try to automate a mess by automating, they, they try to fix a mess by automating it. Mm-hmm. And that just results in an automated mess. They don't really <laughs> think about the process. And so doing something from scratch, at least for a pass one, helps people understand you know, what the true nature of the problem is uh, and, and how to come up with a very simple you know, 80-20 solution. By that I mean you know, I want to do 20% of the work and get 80% of the results. Yeah. And thinking about things simpler, and it also is a sneaky way to get that technical skills training up. You learn enough uh, of the next little bit of technology to be dangerous with it, to really understand how it applies. If you see a great opportunity, then you can either devote a lot more time to make it nicer or just pitch the homegrown solution and go buy something. Mm-hmm. But now you're not investing, you know, hard dollars and capital and, and a lots of, you know, huge amounts of technical debt just to to solve small problems. And so it's a different way of using technology to think about how to solve problems and to do it in a more leveraged way. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes total sense to really think through. Um, I love that you said that, you know, 
just to automate and if it's a mess already and just to automate you just get an automated mess and people don't understand that it really is important to plan and to think about the solution think about what problem it's solving not how you do it because the steps are there and you know technology has that but really look at the bigger picture and step back to see what that solution is going to look like, because then you have critical thinking in there yeah. and you start to really, you know, dive into maybe even solving some problems before they even occur. Now, so I would call that a first first level uh, way to approach the problem, because that's a pretty classic way of doing it. I'm Again, I've got a manufacturing background. And so if you're a, a, a student of lean manufacturing, mm-hmm. they always reach about this idea of you automate things last, you always go for a manual pro- uh, solution to a problem just to simplify things. But uh, too often people are uh, intimidated or afraid to try to now apply technology to something and you can really go to that next level. Um, say you're trying to optimize your supply chain or, or reduce your inventory or, or you know do things like that. There's only so much a manual system can do and if you have done the right thing and demessed the problem as much as you can, now the ability to say, um, and now my experience says this is the time to start applying technology. Now you get that double whammy of goodness type thing. So it's it's the other the other sort of good thing to tr- to think about here is uh, let's let's not let's not apply too much technology to something. But let's also apply, you know, find the right time to apply the technology because you really can uh, get uh, 10x and 100x type of uh, return on investment if you do technology right. You just can't see it as a panacea. You have to understand how it fits in the in the big picture. Yes, very true. Very true. So um, as you work with your teams to think that way, what are some of the challenges um, you've experienced when creating solutions? Well. It, it's, it's a couple. One is certainly time pressure. Uh, uh, and, and certainly with, I don't know, maybe it's, it's the way I think, but a lot of, a lot of people have a tough time saying no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Say yes to everything. And yeah, I could probably figure, I could probably figure, yeah, I could probably figure out how to do that. <laughs> um, and so time pressure is one uh, uh, thing. Um, and, and certainly for, for many companies, you know, you're already lean, so it's, it's very tough to, to find the time to do that extra stuff. And then some of these skill changes are pretty abrupt. Um, it's, you can't just look at any IT person or any technology person and say, hmm, you've been, you've been lifting servers and, and hooking up uh, wires on the network for a long time. Why don't you just become a report writer now? <laughs> uh, or even the programmers that over... Over time, there have been not a a lot, but a number of really interesting uh, paradigm shifts in the way uh, technical architectures, data architectures work. And sometimes those uh, changes in a skill you've developed over a long time and you're really stuck in your ways, it's hard hard to pivot. And uh, uh, those are the things that usually get in the way. No, that's, that's so true. The time pressure thing is so so true where people just say yes and then they can't meet the deadlines because they can't put the due diligence or the time into it so uh, very very good example um, so you know technology is moving at such a rapid uh, pace 
Um, what kinds of problems do you think we're going to see uh, technology solving in, let's say, the next few years? I think technology, in a, in a <clears throat> very interesting way right now, is, is creating problems more than it's solving. Mm -hmm. um, you know, more automation. Everybody's throwing automation at stuff. There's a broader societal impact. I think that a lot of times we're doing, um, we, we look at the, the, how do I say this right? The, we should do less work that is enabling uh, uh, things like smartphones. We've enabled an awful lot of stuff with smartphones. We've done enough. Just stop. We right. should actually um, uh, put more effort into disabling things. And by that, I mean disabling job loss, right? So I can automate and automate and automate and automate. And yes, I'm taking cost out, but yes, I'm also uh, very quickly outrunning my ability to re uh, recreate jobs at that level. <clears throat> and it'd be much more, to me, much better if we would focus more on um, uh, uh, creating uh, creating jobs as opposed to disabling jobs. Mm -hmm. I think that's that you hit the nail right on the head when you said you know that it's creating more challenges than solving more problems right now. The amount of data that's out there, the amount of distractions through data, is just incredible. I, I'm amazed as to how we keep up you know you've got seven different devices you've got um and everything is calling your attention at the same time so really to simplify it um is really good advice yeah it, um, it, it's funny the way you describe it is perfect i mean i mean the advances in technology lately have been adding to our um, burden of stuff mm -hmm. that demands our time it's not helping at all actually we should turn off a lot of these uh, things, and we get a lot of free time back. We, it, it, it's that's why I say it's almost a society. It is definitely a societal thing because people spend more time interacting with uh, electronic things than they interact with living things, and it's um, <laughs> it's an interesting uh, thing. That's enough. That's enough enabling. <laughs> The, absolutely, absolutely. Oh my gosh, it's like you cannot walk anywhere and see somebody not connected, right? They're even driving and looking at their phones. They're walking, looking at their phones. They're sitting, looking at their phones. It just never ends. And I tell you, it's like your mind is just so full. So yeah, things have to slow down a little bit. Um, so, you know, as, as we look at all of this technology, it's doing some great things, and in other, other ways, it's really causing a burden. What would be the best piece of advice or lesson learned uh, regarding uh, technology solutions from a customer satisfaction uh, side that you can share, share with us? What do you right. see, you know, what do you see as lessons learned? What could we do differently? I think the biggest lesson learned uh, lesson learned is really just talk to your customer. If you're running a business, talk to your end customer and find out the problem that they want solved and solve it for them. And if you're if you're working inside of a corporation, then talk to the people in other departments that use these systems that you put out there and find out what they're doing or, or what about the system sort of drives them nuts and fix that. You can get so much done. You don't have to come up with wild new ideas. 
You don't have to come up with, uh, you know, let's in install the latest and greatest piece of technology. It doesn't matter. They're probably not using the stuff they already have. And you can make a significant change in how people's lives are going, you know, every day during their job if you could just fix some of their core problems. Um, that's one. The other one is, is really understand it's sort of in the same boat, not just fix their problems, but go and talk to them and listen to, you know, the stuff that they have to go through every day. The, you know, what is their uh, um, delivery system, for lack of a better word. Now, I'm stealing something from Melinda Gates' latest book about understanding, you know, how you deliver information or how you deliver new technology to folks really depends on how they you know, sort of run their life every day and, and how they're going to incorporate that in their day-to-day. -day. And you, I suppose empathy is, is the, the, the key skill that, that, you know, if you really want to drive customer satisfaction or internal uh, um, satisfaction with your peers, then develop your empathy and just go listen to people. That's great advice. I think listening and empathy definitely will get you that high level or wow experience with your customers. Yeah. Well, thank you, Jim, so much. I really appreciate you being on our show. Thanks again. No problem. Stay tuned for another exciting interview just around the corner. As your organization continues to embrace and adopt new technologies, does your team have the skills required to make the most of your investments? Directions Training offers IT professional and end-user training for the most popular solutions today, including Microsoft 365, Azure, AWS, Cisco, Citrix, VMware, and much more. Our flexible delivery methods and full customized offerings make sure that you get the training you need just the way you need it in-person, virtual, on-demand, or through a blended approach. Success is a journey. Ask for directions. Visit us at www.directionstraining.com for more information today. Welcome back to Tech in the Right Direction. This week in our Women in Tech segment, I will be talking with Caitlin Knotts. Caitlin is an IT business analyst and has been in the telecom industry since 2014 after spending the former decade in hospitality. She is self-taught and specializes in report development and business processes. She studied political science and Chinese language at the Arizona State University, where she graduated in 2010. After a short stint working in Washington, D.C., she decided a bureaucratic job was just not fulfilling and moved back home to Arizona, where she began her career in technology. Welcome to the show, Caitlin. Hello, thank you. Happy to be here. So can you share with us a little bit about your career path in technology? Sure. I think uh, my career path in technology actually started in hospitality. So I was working as a guest services manager at a co-working facility, and it was really just the lack of IT personnel that necessitated my involvement in like working with the third-party IT team that they had hired to develop their app. And really just looking over their shoulder, seeing how the technology they were working on came together, 
and the really the end user experience after the fact, after the app was deployed, it was all pretty exciting to me. And I, I really, I realized that it was, some, it was something that I'd like to pursue. So I started just searching for jobs with technology in the title of the ad. And I ended up finding a, an, an assistant position and thought that would be a great start since I didn't have any type of technical training. So it was a big jump from hospitality to technology, um, but the hiring manager really took a chance on me and it worked out. So my first project was to figure out this Power BI thing and the rest is really history. I've kind of stacked up some certifications and really just learned what I needed to at the moment when a new project was handed to me. And it's, it's opened up a lot of opportunities for movement within the industry. That's great. That's pretty brave that you just jumped in and looked for jobs that had technology in its title and uh, look at where you've uh, where it has taken you. That's awesome. So uh, it looks like you probably didn't know that you always wanted to work in technology. Was there something that triggered that thought? I know it was that project, but what was that feeling? What was that emotion that said, oh, I think I like this? Yeah, I you know, I've always been pretty granular in my thoughts, like analytical, like a natural analytical mindset. And hospitality was always difficult for me because I, I'm more of like a closed off person. So I would always joke that I had to like put on my face when I clocked in for a shift. It was mm -hmm. something that was putting myself outside of the box. But I I enjoyed in hospitality the the actual end result of like helping someone either plan their trip or have a good stay at the hotel I was working at. And so that end result of like making that person's day a little bit better or their stay better was always enchanting to me. And so seeing that same type of experience from a, like a technical standpoint from the IT um, persons that I was working with at the co-working spot, seeing them kind of deliver that same type of warm fuzzy, I was like, yes, this is <laughs> much more of my cup of tea that I can, you know, actually work on delivering this type of technical um, product to an end user and still have that same feeling of, yes, I made their life better by providing the solution for them. That's great. So really combining, uh, and I think there are some uh, similarities between hospitality and technology, helping people, which is something you really love to do, and so problem solving, which is another thing technology does very well. So, um, you know, I think you had innate skills already to, to go into this field. Um, so do you feel that women have the same opportunities as men do in the technology world? I think the popular opinion here is no, but um, <laughs> in my own personal journey, I've never experienced a lack of opportunity. I've been really fortunate so far to be working under supportive managers that have had that conversation with me every now and then about what growth looks like to me or where I see myself in a few years. And I think even just having that thought brought to the forefront of your head, it really makes opportunities a lot more apparent that you otherwise may have missed or overlooked or not even registered in your brain because you're thinking about 20 million other things. So for me, I have not, I, I really, I feel like I've had plenty of opportunities, if not the, I don't, I don't know that they're the same because I'm not a man, but I think, um, I think I've been really fortunate in that regard. Yeah, I think your confidence, your skills, uh, your passion for continuous learning, all of those things, you know, come out um, in in your job. And so I think, you know, your managers, woman or man, seeing that 
um, you automatically have the same opportunities because you have the skill set, the passion, and the drive. So that's great. That's great. Um, so as a woman yourself in this technology field, what are some of the challenges maybe you've faced and how have you, overca how have you overcame them? I think my biggest challenge is, you know, unfortunately something I've yet to overcome, <laughs> and that's self-doubt. It really creeps in every single time something breaks. So my first thought is always, what did I do versus what happened here? So I think part of that might come from being self-taught, not having that, like, pedigree behind me to say, I'm this smart, so it couldn't have been me. But it might also come from being a woman. I think women are naturally more submissive I, I i don't know like that might piss a lot of people off but i think <laughs> i honestly think that's like part of it is i just i'm always kind of like questioning myself instead of just saying no it couldn't have been me well you know um we all women most women not all i don't know about all but most women have that voice in their head and I call mine negative Nancy and when negative Nancy starts talking I try to tune her out and <laughs> try to focus on something else so we all have that because um, we have that sense of confidence is not at the same level as a man's sense of confidence and you know there, there are studies that say that if the same job was posted and a woman looked at it and a man looked at it and the man was 60% qualified, he'd apply for the job and say, yes, I can do this because they have the confidence to figure what they don't know they're going to learn. And a woman looks at it and says, no, I'm not qualified. So, um, so I think there is definitely truth to, you know, our mindset and we need to continue to work on that to get rid of those negative thoughts and have passion and confidence in everything we do. And I think we can change those challenges into opportunities. Um, so, you know, I think women work differently than men do. What do you think are some of the advantages we have um, as a woman in technology? I think uh, being a woman gives you a great advantage on how to read a situation or like sense the best approach to a, a, a situation that you might be in. So like as a woman, as a mother, as a wife, I know really when to tread lightly <laughs> or when a, like a higher level of certainness is required. I think, I think that really speaks to the business place sometimes um, where you're just, you kind of can read the situation when you're walking into a room and you, you can still develop, deliver your objective, but a lot of times it's the way you deliver those that make the difference in adoption. So if you, uh, you are, you know, too stern with a group that is kind of looking at you like, why is she so upset about something? Then they're going to, you know, second guess your solution that you're providing and may not, it may not be an element to drive adoption for it. So I think mm -hmm. you really have to know your audience. And I think being a woman gives you an advantage to be more empathetic to people's, even their moods. It may just be different each time you meet with this person, but being able to read them, I think is a really great advantage that not men, not a lot of men have. I agree. Uh, that sense of um, empathy, the sense of reading the room way before you start speaking, I think we have um, a very strong sense of that, which, which really helps in, in the business world today. 
So uh, we obviously want more women to come into the technology field. We continue to do more work around this area. What advice would you give to a woman considering a career in technology? I would say just apply to what looks interesting to you. If it's even a job that you don't have the qualifications for, just put your foot in the door and, you know, you might get an interview. And like I like I, I really feel like if you're just if you show up, you talk to the person, you say you're passionate about this. I may not have the technical skills required, but even even if you get a certification beforehand, that's also possible too, because most of the certifications that are available for entry-level positions, all of the training modules are pretty readily available through like Microsoft V Academy, Virtual Academy, or like there's tons of YouTube videos, blogs that you can follow to learn just basic skill set to get your foot in the door. And then you can kind of then determine what direction you want to go in the company or you don't necessarily know a lot of the job titles or functions or what this person actually does. Like you may know their titles, but once you start working in a company, you can kind of fine tune the direction you want to take your career to. So really being authentic, understand what you know and what you don't know, having a strong passion and obviously developing some skill sets prior to jumping in. Um, are really good things to consider. Great, great advice. Um, how do you keep your technology skills current? I am constantly learning. I think we, we I provide a second and third tier desktop support to our users in our organization. So there's always some something weird happening that will take me down a rabbit hole and I'll learn something new that I didn't know before. Um, but I'm pretty fortunate my employer invests in my professional development as well. So they're sending me to conventions or conferences, um, paying for certifications, different. We do book clubs together where us as a team work towards a certification together. So it's, there's really a lot of different ways that they encourage growth. And I think that helps me to kind of just keep in the game, keep uncomfortable, keep learning different things that I didn't know before. Um, but that's that's my big area of encouragement there. That's great. So continuous learning. Always be ready for change because in this industry, things are changing every second. And now with the cloud technology, wow, we're really experiencing a lot of change. Yeah, so, I think I think it's changing constantly because it's a lot easier for them to deploy changes. Mm -hmm, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> yes. And but very hard for that IT person to to keep up because uh, we have instructors, you know, they can look at all the material the night before and the next morning they'll come in ready to teach their class and things look all different. Yep. <laughs> so it is, it's a challenge, but it's a new way of learning. You have to be ready for that. You have to be able to jump in and say, okay, let's figure it out. Uh, because, you know, this wasn't here yesterday. So that's, yeah, very, very dynamic. Um, what three words would your friends use to describe you? Oh, I think. It's a tough one, right? <laughs> yeah. um, fierce. Because I really, um, when I put my mind to something, I, I get through it, even if I end up bloody at the end. Um, determined, because there's always a plan on the horizon that I'm working towards. And compassionate, because I I care. You know, I, I have meaningful relationships with my friends and family, and those are important to me. And I think if you remember that you're a person who craves another person, connection with a person, then you can help to understand where they're coming from. And it really, 
it really, at the end of the day, that's just what matters is the connection you have with other people. Those are great qualities to have and uh, definitely will take you a long way, just like you've, you've progressed so much in this industry already. So amazing to hear from you. Thank you so much. I appreciate you being a guest on our show. Thank you for having me. And now an exclusive offer for our listeners. From IT skill enhancements to end user adoption training, Directions Training is your resource to help optimize the effectiveness of your technology investments. Over half a million students have taken advantage of our wide selection of technology and business training solutions covering the most popular applications today, such as Microsoft 365, Azure, Windows 10, and more. As a podcast listener, we invite you to take advantage of an exclusive offer. Receive 30 days of free access to our Microsoft official curriculum on-demand courses for IT professionals or end users. Visit us at www.directionstraining.com slash podcast to claim this offer today. Hurry, this offer is only available for a limited time. Success is a journey. Ask for directions. Welcome back to Tech in the Right Direction. This week in our next gen tech segment, I will be talking with Sarah Hole. Originally from Simi Valley, California, Sarah is a high school student attending Lake Stevens High in Washington. In ninth grade, she achieved seven Microsoft Office certifications. Her all-girl VEX Robotics team went to the state finals consecutive years and won the design award. She is currently part of the Western Aerospace Scholars, which is part of the Museum of Flight's Boeing Academy for STEM learning. Later this summer, Sarah will participate in a Mars robotic mission hosted by NASA, Boeing, and the University of Washington. Welcome to the show, Sarah. I'm so excited to have you on. Thank you very much for having me. Sure, let's start. Can you share a little bit about your journey in technology? We'd love to learn more. Well, I've actually been involved in technology ever since I could remember. Uh, At first, it was just me and my dad. I'd help him build computers. But I didn't really become more involved in technology until the third grade when I had my first hour of code. And then I'd continue to play around on the program scratch. But uh, I didn't really start using it in school or education until I was in the seventh grade when I joined a um, Lego robotics club or no it's a class and yeah and ever since I've been absolutely in love I've now I'm a part of a competitive robotics team I am also Microsoft certified and I just try to um, pursue technology whenever I get the chance that is so amazing and so fascinating that you started at such a young age. Um, so how did you know that that you started to love technology? Like, what was that spark? What was that feeling like? And when? what was that situation that occurred? Um, I would have to say that would be my first hour of code. It was that whole idea of being able to use computers to do things that just seemed magical for me at the time that really caused me to really love it. I love that. That's great. So what what is your biggest goal in technology? 
Well, being a part of a competitive robotics team, I really want to go to Worlds, um, e either by building my robot to be that good or to program it. So that, that's, that's really a big goal for me. That's awesome. I know you're going to get there. You, you just have so much ambition and drive that you started at such an early age. So good luck with that. That's, that's great. Thank you. So if you were in a leadership position, um, let's uh, kind of think forward. Mm -hmm. What challenges would you most want to solve with technology? What would you like to see technology solve in your leadership? I would say that I would work on the most on cybersecurity because you, technology is beautiful because it's ever changing. And at some point, I'm pretty sure that most of our problems will be solved, but we can't continue to move forward if we are not protected against hackers or whoever out there wants to infiltrate our systems. That's very true. That's a whole, you know, the whole dark web and that whole area is a bit scary. So we definitely need more security. And with all the data that's that's coming out now, you know, our our doorbells, our refrigerators, you know, everything yes. is connected today. Um, those are things that, you know, we want to keep secure. So cybersecurity is a great, great answer. Uh, and it'll continually change. So it has to continually get better and better. Mm -hmm. um, so that's that's very true. Um, so, you know, as you look at technology today, what what are some of the obstacles you've faced and then what what have you done to overcome them? Well, for example, in robotics, I often find the problem that my uh, programming or rather the software doesn't really work that well with the hardware. And there's often inconsistencies with how the software is working. I could have something working really great one minute and then the next it would just completely be falling apart. Mm -hmm. And so I, I find that if we were to continue, usually we fix it just by working around. We just keep working around every little problem that pops up, but it would be nice if the software does improve. Yeah. And I think, you know, with software and hardware, there's so many incompatibilities. Mm -hmm. um, I think we find a lot of that, you know, on um, the PC side more than the Apple side, I think, because it's more, um, there's so many more variations. So, yeah, having it work, uh, you know, we have the same challenges. We run a training center and it's so funny. It's like you test everything the night before, everything works beautifully. And then yes. we're right yes. there ready to run the class <laughs> and then something doesn't work. And it's like, right, oh, right. no. That's yeah. technology for you, right? <laughs> yeah, I know that feeling all too well. Yes, then it's 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 frustrating. It is, you know, yeah. it's it because you know you've tested it, you've done your due diligence, you've made sure that everything was right, but mm -hmm. and now with the cloud, we are finding that software is changing so much on a daily basis so what you saw yesterday might look totally different today you know yes. because it's constantly changing and i guess that's good because it's improving yeah. but it can be frustrating so that's that's a really good point 
Um, so, you know, as a girl in technology, I'm so proud of everything that you've done because, you know, we're always trying to get more girls and women into technology. But have, have you ever felt like um, somebody under, uh, underestimated, like your ability in technology? And then how did you convince them that you can do this and you're confident that you can get the outcome they're looking for? I'm actually very lucky lucky to have a very supportive group. I have my family who's really supportive and then I have all my teachers and mentors. They are really kind and supportive of me in whatever I want to do. Um, it's not really that I have anyone underestimate my abilities. It's more rather that we share different views of or goals. So I could want to go all the way I want. I'm in this to win. And then someone else might be in it for the fun of it, which is okay. But mm -hmm. it's hard to collaborate when you don't share the same views. And so that's more of an issue for me. But otherwise, I'm very fortunate to have people around me who are very supportive. That's great. You have a good um, you know, team that is looking for your success. So that really helps. So when you do have... Um, you know, people that um, have different thoughts and different views on how to get there. How do you convince them uh, maybe that your way is better or how do you collaborate with them? Well, at first I just try to talk it out, but mm -hmm. sometimes you just can't change people. So, and that's okay. So sometimes we just need to go separate ways and find new ways to be, but otherwise, um, but usually we just get to talk it out and it works out because we are all friends here. So we can't like, it's hard to, um, mess up. Yeah. It's not one, one is right or one is wrong. It's like, you can get there multiple ways and you just respect yeah. that and go your own way. Right. Mm -hmm, exactly. Um, yep. And so if you could pick a technology to actually create in, what would that be? And tell us why. Well, I feel that technology is all interconnected as a whole. So it, I don't really know how to choose. You can't really pick because mm -hmm. they're, it's all interconnected. And I kind of see technology as one entity. And also I try to keep my options open when it comes to what you can work on. Um, because, because of how ever-changing technology is, you could be working in one area one day, but in a couple of years, you might need to go somewhere completely different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is interconnected and there's so many different ways and different platforms you can use. So how do you keep some of your skills current? How do you learn um, different technologies and platforms? Uh, that's um, what I do is I just keep my mind as open as possible and always be willing to pursue new th ideas and try to learn as much as possible. And so that way I'm always current. So having having a really open mind and mm -hmm. uh, learning as you go, continuous learning is so important today because technology is so dynamic and it changes so fast. So um, I have a question for you. So if other girls are thinking of getting into technology or other kids are looking to get into technology, what advice would you give them? I, I say that what, no matter what, you do what you want to do. And so there is ways, there are ways to get started off. Like, for example, when I was younger, I started off in the Scratch program. It's very simple and user-friendly 
to use and it's an easy way to learn how to program and just work your way up. Just keep going and someday you'll be able to do great things. That's great. That's great advice. Tell me a little bit about the robotics um, that you are involved in. So I am a part of a VEX Robotics Club at my um, school. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's, it's like we have one major club, but then the club is separated into a bunch of other teams. And I was actually recently a part of a all girls team and we had actually made it to, for the past two years, we made it to the state tournament. And we actually, yeah, we actually made, and then last year, we actually made it all the way up to the champion, like the state championship finals. And we missed, we we were two points away from going to world then we oh. yeah we barely missed it but it, it's been great and i love the competition and the and what's even cooler is that the competition changes every year like you have after the worlds you like they reset the game and they change the game and so that means that every year you have to rebuild a new robot from scratch and so you have to um just completely like overhaul everything and come into the new game with a completely new mindset. And this also is a way that helps me constantly be keeping up with technology because it's ever changing. That's great. Well, congratulations. Being two points away from world champions is quite an accomplishment. Well, no, That's... Um, we weren't, we weren't two points away from being world champions. We were two points from making it to the world championship. Oh, okay, okay. We were at the state championship. Still very, very impressive. Still very great. Um, Great job. Wow. Uh, I'm so impressed with all that you've done from such an early age and continue to grow. I wish you the best of luck, and I thank you so much for being on our show. Uh, Thank you very much for having me. Thanks for listening to Technology in the Right Direction, your source for the latest technology trends shaping the world. To download this week's show or listen to past shows, visit directionstraining.com forward slash podcast. Past shows are also available at ewnpodcastnetwork.com, as well as through iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. To find out how to be a guest on the show, visit directionstraining.com forward slash podcast. Until next time, we hope that technology takes your business in the right direction. Calling all speakers. eWomen Network has speaking engagements all over North America that must be filled. Are you a gifted messenger, author, expert, or successful entrepreneur that can help women entrepreneurs grow their businesses? Our mission is to help 1 million fulfilled women each achieve $1 million in annual revenue. If you're a speaker that can help women prosper, go to eWomenNetwork.com and sign up as a pro member of our Speakers Network. That's eWomenNetwork.com. Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast Network.